Hello, I'm Ray Reich, founder and CEO of RevOps Squared, and your host of the Metrics That Measure Up podcast. We talk to a wide variety of B2B, SaaS, and cloud thought leaders, executives, investors, and people just like you to discuss the metrics and benchmarks they use to make metrics-informed decisions. Now on to today's show. Welcome to today's episode of the Metrics at Measure Up podcast. Today, we are joined by Allison Elworthy, Executive Vice President of Revenue Operations at HubSpot. Today, we'll be covering three main topic areas. First, the evolution of revenue operations as a function. Second, is RevOps a strategic function or a tactical department? And third, how a customer in focus shapes the role and responsibilities of the revenue operations function. Allison, please take a moment to give us a brief background of your journey to becoming a guest on the Metrics That Measure Up podcast. Hi, Ray, and thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. So my journey to RevOps started probably 10 years ago when I started at HubSpot. I actually started at HubSpot as a marketing ops manager, and then I moved into sales operations and then business operations and did that for about the first six or seven years of my career at HubSpot. Then I transitioned into the customer success organization. So I was the VP of customer success overseeing support, our onboarding teams, our CSMs. And then just about five months ago, came back into ops, leading RevOps at HubSpot. Wow. So your journey has really been operations centric, including all the, I would say, go-to-market functions, sales, marketing, and then customer success, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, that kind of maybe explains something that I read just the other day was an article that you wrote on Medium, and I believe it was entitled Arise RevOps, the new orchestrators of the customer experience. Can you tell me a little bit more behind that concept and how your journey with all the operations roles kind of has morphed into the external customer experience focus? Sure. So it's interesting when I started my career at HubSpot in ops, I never spent time with our end customers. It was always supporting our marketers or sales reps or the business. And I was always behind my computer screen. I was never actually interacting with customers. And then when I moved into customer success, I spent all my time interacting with customers and now coming full circle back into ops. I have a brand new perspective and appreciation for the importance of truly solving for your end customers when you're in an ops type role. And I think it's just so critical to have appreciation for your customers and empathy for your customers when you're in ops, you know, as you solve through your frontline reps, because I think ops holds the key to kind of that customer experience that you create from a go-to-market perspective. And it's just so critical that your ops teams know, you know, who they're solving for and how they should be solving for them. Well, let's double click on that a little bit because, you know, I see RevOps being positioned in the marketplace as often a way to consolidate and align the internal ops teams, marketing, sales, customer success, and even business ops, and or to better align and integrate the go-to-market functions, marketing, sales, and customer operations. But all too often, I see that becoming more of a inside-out perspective. So my first question on this, Allison, is 
How do you recommend or how do you ensure that your revenue operations function and professionals have a better appreciation, understanding of the customer and the customer's requirements and their experience? Yeah, and I think you made such a great point in that, Ray, is that I do believe that the way in which you operate and are organized internally directly reflects on what the experience is that you create for your customers. And so for us at HubSpot, you know, we were working within our marketing, sales, and CS silos, and there wasn't that like consistency or end-to-end kind of glue that really held us all together to think more broadly about that customer experience. So we say we went from a function out experience to a customer in one by pulling RevOps together. And remind me, now I went off on that tangent. What was the question at the end? That's a nice strategic frame, right? The customer end focus. But let's get to the tactical part of this. How do you make sure that that marketing ops person or RevOps analyst really understands the customer? What she really needs and how their experience is being impacted by what they do day to day? Yeah, I think there's some really kind of straightforward tactical things that you can do and also, you know, put mechanisms in place to ensure that your teams are solving for the end customer and thinking about the customer day in and day out. I think the first, and it's so easy, it's just shadowing. Make sure everyone on your ops team does weekly shadowing, hop on a support call, a sales call, or spend time in the CSN to really understand what their interactions are with customers. And then also to really understand you know, the customer's perspective, what their pain points are, what they're looking for, what the opportunities are. I think that's a real easy one that you can implement across your organization. And then there are more, you know, there, there are other things that you can do within your operations team to bring the voice of the customer to life. And so one way that we do this at HubSpot is we've created what we call a voice of the customer team. It originated when I was in CS and actually pulled them over to RevOps. So they're a team within RevOps and they are responsible for bringing the voice of the customer to HubSpot. And they run these monthly customer first staff meetings where we bring in all of HubSpot's executive leadership and RevOps leadership. And they bring, you know, either challenges or sharp edges or opportunities that, you know, are coming directly from our customers that we should be addressing and focusing on as an organization. And so those monthly meetings really drive the agenda and our priorities for what we're building to help solve for our customers, whether that's from a product perspective or a go-to-market perspective. So interesting. So you've created this voice of the customer team. It's part of the RevOps organization, right? Yep. How do they go about gaining their outside in or customer end focus? Is it primarily through shadowing or do you even target people who have market-facing operational experience, like maybe formally in marketing or sales development or sales or customer success. So how do you, number one, how do you staff the voice of customer function? Sure. So we staff the, the voice of customer function. We have a mix of kind of internal folks that maybe have been previous CSMs or worked in our CS organization because they have a ton of customer experience, you know, years of customer experience working with customers day in and day out. You know, and we've also brought in some folks from the outside. They will also work closely with our UX team and product. They're doing a ton of customer research. So there's a great partnership there from a product perspective. And the way that they kind of, you know, collect feedback, we have a bunch of mechanisms at HubSpot. So we have our NPS, we have an ideas forum that customers can submit ideas to. We launched something called customer roadblocks. And so whenever a customer has a challenge, 
with something around a theme or a topic, a CSM or sales rep can log that. And we have a central database where we can look across all the you know, customer roadblocks and really hone in and focus on the ones that are you know, causing the most pain or friction for our customers. So we have a bunch of kind of feedback channels from our customers um, across many different you know, mechanisms that then that voice of the customer team uses to pull together and analyze and then help prioritize and, and read out you know, where, where HubSpot should be focusing to truly solve for the customer. Interesting. One of the things, I'm, I'm such a, a data junkie and benchmarks and metrics, but I want to kind of go to the qualitative aspect of this voice of the customer. So how do you actually factor in what you learn through those conversations, et cetera, in some of your operational decisions? An example, how do you know that the customer experience might actually be impacted by how you're instrumenting your sales outreach platform or something like that? Yeah, so a great example and one that you know we recently tackled was we were hearing from our customers that the handoff between you know once you were closed as a customer and getting handed over to our onboarding team was really rocky, or we got feedback that it wasn't clear who our customers should be speaking with when they wanted to renew. Was it the CSM? Was it a support rep? Was it a sales rep? So what we noticed, you know, and one of the reasons why we pulled RevOps together is we, it was coming through loud and clear through our voice of customer team that the customer experience was very disjointed. And we had some really painful handoffs between our internal teams that the customer had to go through. And so that was just one example saying, oh man, we have to really get out of our silos and think more holistically and create better processes to hand off customers, whether, and that could be, you know, from an ops perspective, being able to, you know, share customer data that the sales team had logged and making sure that's being passed over in our systems to the onboarding specialist or being sure to capture, you know, the health scores of a customer when they were coming up for renewal, passing that back to sales so they knew what to focus in on or address without coming in, kind of without having that context. So that's just one example. A lot of the customer feedback, you know, you obviously get a ton of feedback from your product, but it's also around just the customer experience of what it's like working with your go-to-market teams. Yeah, boy, there's so many directions I could take this, but let's kind of focus on that, the handoffs and how that impacted the customer experience. We did some recent research that asked if people are actually measuring the drop-off rate at every stage of the customer lifecycle. And that's from awareness to interest to engagement. So it crosses marketing sales and then the customer success. Allison, in your revenue operations process at HubSpot, are you measuring that stage-by-stage conversion? And do you have any great insights or interesting, even anecdotal stories you can tell about how that informed your decisions? Yeah, so that's kind of, you know, we look at what we call the flywheel. We say the funnel, the traditional marketing sales and CS funnel is not the way to look at your go-to-market business. It's, It's truly a flywheel. And so one thing that I've done, Ray, and that the team is working on, I'm really excited about, is building out a simple revenue model. It's a model to understand how we make revenue as a business. And you know, coming into RevOps, I realized we had no centralized model or KPIs to really understand how we generated revenue. It was all, you know, marketing had their model, sales had their model, CS had theirs. And by pulling together one single revenue model, we have high level KPIs, we understand the drivers of those KPIs and just have this holistic view of, you know, 
how our flywheel is doing. And we can quickly diagnose, you know, where there are gaps or, you know, where we're missing on key KPIs in that process or where things are going really well and we want to invest more to accelerate it. But it's been pretty foundational in terms of how we look at the business going from kind of a siloed view of just marketing sales and CS to a more holistic one. Because a lot of these metrics or KPIs are are owned by multiple teams, right? And so, by looking at it holistically, I think you have a different appreciation for, you know, really understanding your business and, and where you may have gaps or drop-offs, you know, throughout that life cycle. Yeah. Well, to me, this is closely aligned to the next topic I want to discuss with you. And that is, is revenue operations going to fall into the trap of many operational functions become very reactive and very tactical and administrative versus having a strategic seat at the executive table. And to me, one of the things that establishes that executive position is that you can look at the data, trends, metrics, key performance indicators as leading indicators and be much more predictive about how your business is going to perform over the next one to two quarters and what strategic decisions or process changes need to be made. So that's a lot of words I just said, Allison. What is your no, I'm super passionate about this topic. I think RevOps, bottom line, RevOps should be strategic. That's how you really have you know impact on your business. And I think overall, what I'd love to see in the ops industry as a whole is we move from a reactive kind of firefighting type role to one that is truly you know proactive and accelerating business and business growth. And so what I mean by that, I think there are two ways in which companies can do it. One is just, you know, where they're focusing, where does that rep, where does ops focus? Is it mostly on hindsight of what's already happened? Or can you get them to be focused more on insight and foresight on big ideas and trends that are really going to help your business scale moving forward? The other opportunity is just around, you know, as we think about technology and our systems and tools, I think a lot of ops teams get stuck. There's a bottle, there's a bottleneck as you know, teams find solutions to problems or, or find you know opportunities to scale. Most of those processes are manual. And so what I see happening at HubSpot is we've got a lot of smart, innovative ops folks who are just stuck and bogged down doing this manual work. And we never take the time to invest in both the technical skills and systems and tools to automate that work. Once you do that, Ray, you free up the time for those ops folks to continue innovating, to be more strategic, to help your business grow and scale. So that's like the evolution that I hope we can see happen across RevOps. You just used a phrase that I hadn't heard before, and that's insights and foresights. And to me, the foresights is how you become a strategic partner to all the revenue generating organizations. Do you actually even provide objectives or challenge your revenue operations people? Hey, this quarter, I want you to find two or three areas that you can tell us that we can improve and how it would impact business, kind of providing that foresight? Yeah, so what we do each month, we have a monthly KPI meeting and we start with that revenue model I was telling you about. We look at a a scorecard high-level scorecard of all of our key KPIs when we focus in on what's working and what's not working. And one way, you know, I think in the past, in the old world, when we focused on hindsight, it was just a ton of analysis, analysis paralysis on why something was underperforming. And that was it. So the direction that we're moving is to limit the amount of, of course, the analysis is really important, but like limit the amount of time that you're focused on hindsight, but really focus on in those meetings, the true actions and takeaways 
that the business should focus on executing in order to, you know, really drive the business forward. So that's what I see is focus on kind of the insights and then foresights to really help and get ahead of, you know, future potholes or issues as you continue to grow. And since revenue operations often has responsibility for a lot of the underlying infrastructure that go-to-market teams use, you know, the sales automation or the marketing automation or customer success automation, do you believe that revenue operations should have an equal role in making the decisions of what technology should be purchased, integrated, or even consolidated out? Or does that remain in the hands of the executive in charge of marketing or the head of sales? What's your perspective on that part of the partnership? Great question. You know, I think it's important to understand, you know, what your marketing sales and CS teams are trying to do, right? So that you can help them, you know, solve those those challenges. And so they should definitely have input and influence. But I think one of the most important things for a RevOps organization or the value that a RevOps organization can provide is alignment. And your tools and processes and systems play a big role and how you get aligned as an organization. So I truly believe that alignment of your systems is just critical. And so what you need to do as a RevOps organization is understand the needs and opportunities for your functional teams and then find the best system or systems to build those processes in an aligned way where you have, you know, customer data that's easily shared across the teams and that context is shared, where you can build automation from, you know, the marketing motions into sales into CS. I think all of that is just critical and your systems are, is, I think they're the foundation truly of, of how you build to scale. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned systems as the foundation because I've built this kind of framework for revenue operations structure. And I kind of have data at the foundation of that and then processes and platforms above that. How important is the, I'll say, data normalization, at least standardization across the go-to-market teams and the revenue operations function? Oh, data too. And, and, you know, I missed that. I think it's data and systems. Those are two foundational pieces. Yeah. Data is just so critical. You want to have shared, consistent, and accurate data. That is, and, and I think this data is always like, you know, the long pole in the tent that I think teams struggle with. Data and systems usually, and it's, you know, data can get complex. Systems can get complex. And so it's hard to kind of detangle you know, whatever data and systems that you have and to kind of start with a simple, fresh perspective. But the data is just as critical, I would say, as, as the systems. Because again, you want, you want to be working off the same data set across marketing, sales, and CS. And I think so many times, you know, each one of those functions has their own view or definition of KPIs and data. And, you know, you'll ask the marketing team to come up with an analysis and the sales team There'll be, you know, you ask the same question, you get very different answers because, you know, the data varies across those two different teams and that can be really challenging. And then you end up spending all of your time coordinating, trying to, you know, clarify between the two data sets when really those teams should just be working off the same data. Oh, yeah. I've been in far too many board meetings where the marketing dashboards look great. The sales dashboards look great. The customer success dashboards look great and the underlying metrics. And they're like, then why did we miss our number by 12%? Exactly, exactly. Well, one of the things I think that's very important and we, we touched upon this as that customer end model. And a lot of times customer end focus is different for the marketing team 
than it is for the customer success team. And I know that you believe, I believe you report to your chief customer officer. Is that correct? Yes. In that kind of monthly KPI meeting, what are the two or three key performance indicators that you want to make sure that your chief customer officer understands and that you really kind of use to guide your discussions, ideas, and recommendations? Are there two or three we can narrow it down to? Oh gosh, we could. I think so. I can, I can give you a high level view of, of how we analyze this. So we call them our vital signs, our pulse signs, and diagnostics. So the vitals are probably the top, I don't know, five or six key KPIs. And those are things, I'll just call it just a couple, like, you know, looking at net new ARR, your, your dollar retention, your customer retention is really critical. Like those are like very high level, you know, at least for a SaaS business, you want to make sure you have a really good pulse on. And then under there, your pulse metrics are probably another, you know, 10 to 15 metrics that help drive those vitals, which may be, you know, lead gen or your close rates from a sales perspective or your health scores or renewal rates from a CS perspective. And then you go down to your diagnostics and those can be, you know, lists and lists and lists of all the different metrics. So that's kind of how we look at it. And so if something looks off, you know, let's say your retention number looks off, you know, as part of your vital signs, it's kind of the, the top line, one of the top line KPIs. You can easily double click into that and look at it by segment or by geo or what are the drivers to retention that may look off? Is it, you know, some of your onboarding stats or usage or health checks of your customers to really get down to the root of what's driving, you know, a miss in your retention number, for example. Number one, I love that framework, the vital signs to pulse signs to diagnostics. Is this something that you publish and that our listening audience could actually gain access to? Great question. We should. Uh, we, we haven't published anything yet, but I'm going to put that on our list to try to pull something together to share more broadly if you think that would be helpful. Yeah, the reason I ask that, I think, you know, frameworks, everyone talks about frameworks, but I think what I'm hearing is too many of the revenue operations discussions on LinkedIn and some of the great webinars and forums is becoming very tactical and it's relegating RevOps to that tactical reactive organization that you and I don't want it to be. So I think providing a framework that starts with the not only customer in, but executive down, what are executives looking for the impact that revenue operations can have on their business I think having that type of framework could be really valuable to the industry and the profession, Allison. Yeah, no, that's great to hear. I, I, I agree. I, I hope, you know, my goal, right, in all of this is, you know, I always think ops folks are the unsung heroes. They never get, you know, the, the attention or accolade for all the great things that they do. And they're usually, you know, totally underwater, putting out fires. And my hope is that we can make this a more strategic type organization and have strategic impact on organizations so we can, in fact, make ops professionals the true superheroes that they that they are and deserve to be you know rewarded for in the industry so any frameworks that i can help share i am all for it yeah one of the things we try to do for our clients and it's very similar to what you're doing with you take your vital signs we call those the company level key performance indicators and they are things like gross dollar retention or growth rate or even net new ARR versus expansion ARR mix, rule of 40, or even gross margin. And then we look at how do we align 
those company level KPIs to the next level key performance indicators that a director of VP will own that have a direct causal relationship. And we even try to analyze if you can increase your conversion rate from a qualified lead to a close by 3%, how will that impact things like CAC payback period or net new ARR? When you can start identifying those correlations, then you can go to your tactical kind of department heads and say, hey, we're going to increase close rate by 3% next quarter. Here's the two things we're going to do. And here's how it's going to impact our CAC payback period and even our enterprise value to revenue multiples. I think those are strategic discussions that if a RevOps leader can have that with a CFO and CEO, they're going to have a much easier time of gaining additional resources. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you made a good point of like, you know, the way I think about that revenue model is, you know, it's great for your KPIs and to diagnose what's working and what's not working, but it can also help you identify huge opportunities. You know, if I were just able to move this metric by 10%, what type of, you know, downstream impact could that have on revenue retention? And then that should actually inform, you know, the strategic plays or, you know, initiatives that you want to focus on as a go-to-market organization and help you prioritize those to see, you know, real impact, revenue impact on the business. Yeah. In fact, that brings up one last question before we, unfortunately, are going to have the wrap up. There's a lot of discussion about enablement. And that is, how do you get your new employees? Often it starts with sales enablement. But to me, it's really kind of revenue enablement. It's marketing, sales, and customer success how does enablement factor into your revenue operations function and programs? Great question. Enablement is such a key driver. So one thing I talk a lot about with my team is how do we drive nonlinear growth? And what I mean by that is how do you scale and get more out of your investments, get more customers, users, partners, whatever it may be, revenue from what you put in. And I think enablement is a key driver of nonlinear growth. And what I mean by that is, you know, enablement can focus on things, for example, like time to ramp. And can you cut off three days of ramp time for reps? Like what type of downstream revenue impact can that have? If you have a large organization like HubSpot, it can have a significant impact on, you know, your ability to generate revenue at a high velocity. So enablement plays a critical role in terms of, you know, some of as a strategic lever to help you grow and scale in a nonlinear way. And I also think it needs to be tied tightly to your systems and processes as you think about supporting your frontline teams. And do you think that means it should be part of the same organization or is it okay to be in a separate organization and just great alignment through metrics? Yeah, I mean, like with anything in RevOps, there's a spectrum. You could align all of those functions under one leader in one organization, or there are other ways to align across the business, you know, maybe through a really great operating system or just get those teams to collaborate. At HubSpot, what we've chosen to do is align them all under one organization. So enablement sits within uh, revenue operations. Got you. Okay, well, let's kind of move over to getting to know Allison a little bit better for our listening audience. And the first question I'm going to ask you is, I just attended my daughter's college graduation. And so I always like to ask this question. And it's, Allison, if you were talking to a very recent college grad, it says, I think this revenue operations function seems very interesting. What early career advice would you give to them? What should they do their first two to three years out of college? 
Yeah, I think it's a great place to start your career. And, and you can actually start anywhere. You could start, you know, as an entry-level sales rep or a marketer or CS or an ops. I don't think you necessarily have to start in ops and actually starting in one of the other functional teams will actually set you up for success later down the line in RevOps if you can build appreciation and knowledge for a certain function within sales or marketing or CS. So there's no like, you know, perfect path in. I think you can start in any of the go-to-market teams or within ops. I think the two fundamental things that you should think about as you're starting your career or thinking about ops later in your career or, you know, make sure you're, you can be data driven or you have some kind of technical expertise. And then also, you know, a real understanding of your customer and having customer facing experience is so valuable. I totally agree. In fact, I've got an idea for you, Allison, and that is, I think larger organizations like HubSpot has the opportunity to create a career path for revenue operations professionals kind of early career by having a rotational program have them come in and spend six months in maybe it's sales development and six months in demand gen and six months in customer success or customer service and six months in ops and i think those are the type of programs that can create great strategic good market understanding rev ops professionals of the future what do you think of that I totally agree. And, you know, I think we talk about building ambidextrous leaders and having those perspectives and experiences across the entire go-to-market, oh my gosh, makes you such an incredible leader down the road. And it's a little bit, you know, reflective as I look back, I, I feel so fortunate to have had experience working in marketing and sales and ops and in CS, because I feel like it's made me a, a much better kind of RevOps leader and strategic leader within the go-to-market organization and has definitely influenced you know, how I operate and how I make decisions. I tell you, Allison, when I looked at your profile, when we first met, you are the personification of non-linear career path and career growth. And that I think is critical to the executives of tomorrow is that non-linear and cross-functional experience. I totally agree. And that's something I always advise folks on my team as they're, you know, looking to grow their careers take a big, a few big sideways steps and don't always focus on just going up because those sideways steps are, are even more valuable than just climbing up the ladder. I totally agree. I'm going to end it with the last question. That is, you are a senior, senior executive revenue operations leader. What's the number one tool that you would recommend other revenue operations executives to deploy within an organization that's not your own tool? Oh... So from a RevOps perspective, what tools would be really valuable? Yep. And I can't say HubSpot. Now you're putting me in a tough position. Oh, no, you know what? Yeah, naming competitors would not be good. How about kind of functional area of a tool, like data enrichment or... Yeah, so here's what I'll tell you. I think anything that helps you, any tool that helps you unify your teams, unify your teams around customer data. So a central CRM is really powerful. Any tools that help you automate the go-to-market experience. I think in this day and age, like everything is done digitally. And so a lot of our customers at least are expecting, you know, things to be done 
in an automated, personalized way. So tools that will help you automate that customer experience, I think are also critical to think about in terms of the go-to-market experience that you're delivering in this kind of new way of living, I think is critical. And obviously data is just so critical. So like, what are those tools that are going to help you store, manage, analyze data, you know, to help unleash your ops teams? Yeah, it's interesting. I think data, I say this often, data is the oil of the future. If you have it, you know how to best manage it and get productivity out of it, you're going to be the winners in the market. Totally agree. It all comes down to data, how you leverage that data and how you automate and personalize that data. So Allison, we're going to have to wrap up today, but I want to leave it with one last bit of advice that you'd like to leave to our listening audience as they consider how do they invest and structure their revenue operations function? Any last minute advice for our listeners? Yeah, I would say, you know, ultimately think about your end customer, solve for that customer experience. And I think for any business now, it's really the customer experience that's going to be your competitive advantage. You know, it's so easy to, you know, spin up competitor tools or services, but the way in which you deliver that product or service can really set you apart. And I think that's what customers now have the option to choose from. And it's like, who do they actually enjoy doing business with? And that it all comes down to the customer experience that you create. Okay, well, there you have it. And that's a wrap to today's episode of the Metrics That Measure Up podcast. We want to thank Allison Elworthy, the Executive Vice President of Revenue Operations at HubSpot for being our guest. And to our listening audience, if you're gaining value from our guests and content, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe to our podcast and please provide us a rating in your recommendations that we can make it even better. Allison, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thanks for having me, Ray. Great chatting with you. Thank you for listening to today's Metrics to Measure Up podcast. If you would like to learn more about B2B SaaS metrics and benchmarks, please visit revopsquared.com.